Welcome to the Digital Dudes Podcast. I'm David, and I'm here with Reed, Reed. and All Nicole. Right. <laughs> We're in with Nicole. Yeah, so the three of us just spent some time last week out at NAA, so we thought we'd do a quick uh, recording to to talk through what our experience was like and, and any takeaways that we had. Um, Reed, we weren't originally planning to go to NAA. Like we had, I guess, our journey with NAA was the first year, I think, uh, well, Nicole and I, I guess, just sort of didn't actually attend. We were just in the city and then had some meetings outside of it. Then we went and we sponsored it when it was here in Denver. And then, of course, NA was, uh, we had signed up for a large sponsorship, but it was canceled. And then uh, this year, we just, we weren't planning to go until last minute when, uh, I guess, more, you started getting blown up by some folks asking if we could be there and um, and uh, handle some meetings. So, I don't know. Do you have anything you want to talk through that process? Are you glad that we ended up? ended up flying in last minute? Yeah, I am. I mean, uh, just the couple of client meetings that we did have or partnership meetings were well worth it. And then I thought there was some other, uh, you know, folks that we bumped into either current customers or um, other people that we just, you know, want to stay in contact with. So I thought the, the trip was definitely well worth it. As I hear you describing you and Nicole the first year, I picture the scene in Ghostbusters where Rick Moranis is like, slamming like hitting on the glass like of the restaurant like screaming let me in and um, (laughs) they just all kind of stare at him (laughs) and then he gets eaten by the uh like gargoyle or whatever yeah that's pretty much what it's like yeah yeah we we did i will say like get backstage and see the venture set up the first year but we didn't even try to buy tickets because we there's no way we could have afforded them. And so I think, Nicole, we just posted up at like a Starbucks nearby and, uh, and you know, bumped into some folks. But that We was did, that but was it was slammed. Like every coffee shop, every lunch spot nearby was like overflowing with people. So it was even really hard for us to find places to meet up with people. Yeah. Well, that's and, one of the things that um, I think they can improve on, I'll say, uh, but I don't know what you do about that because these giant convention centers are where they are. They're usually, you know, smack dab in the middle of downtown or a different district of downtown. And there's limited um, meetup spots. And that's just seems silly, you know, but um, it's more about commercial real estate, not, you know, like I'll just say for, for us in Colorado, like a, a Rhino or a Lodo or, or something like that, where there's just be a ton of places. So you end up, really congested and everybody's like tripping over themselves, like trying to find tables uh, just to have conversations. So I wish inside the McCormick place, which is where this was in Chicago, that they just had, I don't know, more opportunities for that inside. Cause then you wouldn't be everybody hustling like back and forth between sessions and all that stuff. So just feedback for, I guess, apartmentalized folks. Yeah, well, when there's 10,000 people, you don't really have – it doesn't matter where it's located. I think you're going to get slammed, right, because who can who can afford that unless you do it inside the event center? So this one I thought was cool. There was an AT&T – I think it was AT&T, Nicole, the, uh, that had like some like just take them like first come, first serve, like sort of like little plexiglass meeting areas. And I was like, that is pretty great. But there were only like maybe four little rooms. Um, but shout out to AT&T Fiber because that, uh, I thought that was – Super cool of them. Um, and then uh, this year, obviously, we went. We bought tickets at the last minute, not as a vendor, just just to attend. Uh, but we, uh, uh, Reed, I know you were only there for a day and a half, and Nicole and I were there for, I guess, two and a half days. Uh, and I counted that we were able to get ten meetings in. 
um, at least uh, Nicole and I, and I know you had a few. So I thought overall it was worth it. I was, uh, I was really surprised, even with like the low attendance rate. So I felt bad for the folks, for the vendors that had spent so much cash, because I don't know what the t- what the final attendance worked out to be, but it did feel like there were a lot of vendors and not a lot of you know uh, just property management folks. But uh, it it had almost that aim, a little bit of the aim fl- flavor more than usual, where it was like when you do get a meeting, it's like it's more intimate because you're not just getting stampeded by, you know, the 10,000 people walking through. So I felt bad for the vendors, but I'll say I, I still felt like uh, the trip was worth it on my side. So I don't know, Reed, how about you? Yeah, your uh, audio was just a little bit shaky on that one. But, um, you know, I think that, uh, what you didn't see this year that maybe uh, certainly a couple years ago you did pre-pandemic was more of the property managers and maybe maintenance folks, whatever, like the, the day-to-day operational people. And that's probably what made it feel a lot less. Um, I can't speak, obviously, for others, but uh, Nicole and I, I think when we were walking by anyone home or when you, you were chatting with them, uh, we actually heard some positive feedback as far as you know, decision makers and people um, being there and, and getting some good meetings. So it may have just been that, you know, this was more reserved for, you know, senior, uh, senior folks. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, you definitely could notice there, there was a big difference between the supplier and attendee ratio. Mm-hmm. And Nicole, what was, what was your take? Yeah, I think we kind of heard mixed results. Like we had some vendors that were saying that they felt like just from a feeling wise, it was about half of what it usually is. And then of that half, it felt heavy on the vendor side. But then read to your point, I think the people that did stop by the booth and that were attending were the the right decision makers. So it felt like maybe more quality. So I think it's a balance. I think some of the vendors were like still happy that they were there. It seemed like there was a lot of like vendor to vendor meetings happening. So potentially some good partnerships, good like thought leadership, good conversations happening, but definitely less attendees than normal. Yeah. Yeah. And just quickly to add to the vendor to vendor, um, it was right as I was leaving when you, the three of us were go- going to grab uh, some sushi uh, on my way out that we, we saw, and I don't remember who the three companies were, but we had those big charter buses out in front of the hotel at the Marriott, and there was um, three vendors sharing, I guess, or sponsoring like one of the buses. And you know, to, I did hear, and of course, what else were we going to do, right? Like some of these vendors who weren't getting as much time with attendees, uh, you know, it did did leave the opportunity to have a lot of, uh, I'll say, strategic conversations about how people could collaborate, work together, which I think is great. Um, it just makes me wonder, will we see more of those types of collaborative or joint sponsorships, co-op sponsorships? I don't know how NAA treats that. Um, and David, I feel like you mentioned maybe you s- spotted that a year or two ago where the, it was a combined booth. But I really like the idea of that, especially when it makes sense. I mean, if it's us standing by, you know, a laundry service provider or something, that would be weird. But um, if we were together with a funnel um, or with an anyone home or a knock or whoever it is, like that, that could be really interesting and, and cool because it's like if I walk in, it's like, oh, you guys do talk to each other and you actually like have kind of a combined like opportunity here for me to listen to i think that that would be a really cool i guess outcome of uh all these suppliers uh spending this much time together 
Yeah, well, if we were together with a funnel, I feel like we may cause some people indigestion because their pink and our pink is just a little bit off enough where it's not where it's cool. <laughs> it's not like 80s cool or something. It would be more of like causing, uh, you know, some st stomach indigestion. Is that a p yeah, well, and then you got Pepto-Bismol, which is, in fact, pink. <laughs> so. that's, our, that's our handout, our swag handout. Uh, well, Nicole, how do you feel right. about next year? Like, would you, uh, now do you feel like, cause we've gone back and forth on NAA and if it's worth it, do you feel it's worth a booth for, for us in particular, or, uh, would you go again as an attendee, but you know, what's your take on it? If things are the same next year, let's say the variant keeps things kind of sparse. Well, before you said, um, if things are the same next year in terms of like the variant and attendees, I was thinking it, like it absolutely makes sense for us to have a booth if only for the coordination, I think I was telling you both, like, I'm just not good at like event planning, like, you know, last minute, we were trying to set up a bunch of meetings, it would have been so much easier to just be like swing by the booth. And so I think there is value in that of like having a permanent spot where people can come meet, we have tables set up, we can like, you know, grab people as they come by. So I think there's definitely value in having a booth there if only for obviously like the meeting spot, but then, you know, um, branding and, and getting in front of new clients as well. But I do, I do like the idea of like us just committing to the booth and, and having a staple spot there. Mm -hmm. Bree, do you feel any different? No, I just, you know, for the three of us, um, I prefer to be able to float, um, both to kind of see who else is out there. I, I really wanted to and was bummed that I didn't get to join some of the sessions, I completely agree with Nicole, though, as far as meetings. It, it, it's the best way, I mean, the best yeah, way to approach it. Um, so I'd prefer, and obviously we can do this next year, we, we withdrew mainly you know, because we weren't sure about attendees and ROI. Um, but in the future, yeah, I'd take a small team and, and let some other folks stay back uh, while we float and then come back when we needed to uh, you know, have a meeting or whatever. Yeah, at this point, I think it makes sense for us to do exactly what you guys are saying because we have so many contacts and they want to try to find a place to meet and it's hard to organize. Uh, you know, you're passing cell phone numbers around saying meet me here, there, or whatever. Um, so I think it, for that alone, if I, for us and the way our sales work, it would be challenging for me to to say it would ROI out to just be a vendor that nobody knows and to have you swing by for us in particular. For other vendors, I know that works, but the people that attend there aren't aren't ready to like sign for us contracts on the spot for our type of solution. So um, yeah, I think for the meeting spot, it makes sense. So I'm, I'm excited for next year. I like, I feel like it's starting to feel like uh, I have an understanding of, of how we should treat each of these events, right? Like we've, now that we've been around the circuit, it just takes time, right? But like AIM, we like to go big because it's a lot of our direct uh, contacts. And then uh, NAA, it makes sense because there's going to be a lot of meetings. And now hopefully after Optech this year, we'll have a good handle on like, how should we do Optech? Is that worth, you know, a large booth or is that, is that more the same sort of meeting type of thing? But uh, Reed, do you have, do you have a sense on that now that you've done NAA, like how Optech, because uh, they actually, funny enough, they just reached out to us on Monday um, asking for, you know, what kind of sponsorship or how we were going to attend. Um, well, I don't know if Nicole's hearing it, but I, I feel like <laughs> David's yeah, chopping through, but I, I still think I got the gist of the question. Um, I, I think Optech will treat as we had planned, you know, which is uh, do a decent sized booth and um, 
and then yeah, float around. I mean, I still feel like for Digible, especially this stage of where we're at as a company, that 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 is probably our best event. Um, not to hurt, uh, you know, um, Dennis's feelings over there at AIM because it's also a great event for us to be around marketers. But you know, the direction that we're going, um, you know, both with partnerships, but as well as just like, um, you know, I guess our value proposition is is getting more and more. Uh, directed towards the the owners and investors and operators. Yeah, cool. I was going to say, um, just as far as the uh, opportunities, and I would say this exists or could, you know, at all these conferences, is there's always stuff like the speed dating, right? Where it's like, hey, get in front of decision makers for for vendors. I would really love that with other partners. I mean, back to the collaboration and, and trying to move things forward in this industry, which is a big part of our our vision, you know, at Digital. We just want to be a part of that. And you do a great job, obviously, David, and have gotten to know a lot of folks um, that are adjacent to us, you could say. Uh, but why not do that with more just C-suite, I guess, or senior leadership? So, you know, I, I don't need to talk to the sales rep, I'll say, of uh, whoever, like Vendor X. Um, but it has been really valuable and I think so good and healthy for the industry to enable, you know, those those types of conversations. And, you know, the, over time, they, they're going to happen, I guess. Um, but why not create an, an environment or in these events an opportunity for, for them to speak to each other and even have panels about par- partnerships that have been really effective? You know, it's just there's such a church and state vibe to these conferences and we laughed about that a little bit you know where it's like hey if you're wearing a t-shirt and tennis shoes you know you're in this class clearly the vendor class and if you have on a business suit you're you're somebody i want to talk to you're a customer um and uh i think they can do a better job of i guess uh integrating and then like i said uh i'd I'd love something that's actually devoted it's like hey we're spending all this money on these conferences right the suppliers are the ones that are fueling this why don't you spend a little more time uh connecting us and not just you know the whole church and state um with the you know the the clients i guess on the on the property side it's funny uh because they do treat it like it's totally as if it's like they pretend like the vendor thing is the vendors aren't a thing that they're not that they're not the ones basically supporting it because even when we walked in there you were asking reed like you wondered how much revenue was coming from ticket sales versus from vendors like which you know is this like 60 percent supported by vendors and so you make a great point that there's not like a like even a vendor conference right that at least that's big like they should kind of have a track right. for that um yeah, I mean, I know our local um, apartment association tries to do some supplier stuff there, but um, but I haven't seen that at, at NAA. And I remember when um, when uh, uh, Joshua Tree so uh, put on the folks that did AIM, they they put on a session one year that was virtual. That was about if you're on the vendor side, how you can start investing in apartment funds. Like uh, you know, if you're a vendor supplier, like you're touch touching this industry, but the vendors don't know how to basically like invest their own retirement money in, in, you know, properties. And I just thought that was so cool that they were approaching it that way. So that is great feedback for NAA. Um, and also uh, most of the clients, when we talk to them, like, Oh, what session are you here? What are you most excited about? They'll say, no, I didn't really come for the sessions. I came to, to meet different vendors and see what's new out there. So they're, 
that's why they attend. They want, you know, they want to see the vendors, not, not necessarily as much the sessions, at least the folks I'm talking to. Yeah. Well, as uh, speaking as a vendor, um, you know, whenever we talk to people, it, it's it's almost always productive, positive. You know, it's not you know territorial or, um, I don't know. I'll say artificial. I I and some of that, of course, is I guess our style. But um, more often than not, I feel like you know we're not alone here. Like in that we we want to play nice. We want to talk to other folks and see if there's opportunities to either learn from each other or actually like build uh, real strategic partnerships. And so, uh, you know, I just, I mean, doubling down on this point, but I, I would really love to see them actually foster that and then perhaps allow attendees under the tent of the, of that, right. Where it's like, there's no need to segregate this now, but it's just kind of flipping things around where instead of, you know, suppliers sneaking in and listening in sessions to all the property folks, you know, kind of, I don't want to say pontificate, but talk about their worlds and perspectives. It's like, why not have the flip and allow um, attendees to say, hey, it would be great if highly indigible, you know, would would work together. Um, and here's what we'd love to see or here's... Uh, you know, how we feel like we could benefit on, on our side of things. So I'll leave it there. I just, uh, yeah, it would be really cool if, if they could d- deliver something like that. And I don't know if they ever will. Um, maybe it's one more opportunity for the digital summit. If we ever get big enough to, to pull something like that off. Yeah. Well, Nicole, any final thoughts, I guess, on, on NAA? Uh, I know we went, I went to just a couple different sessions. Uh, so I can say at least tagging on to read for a second, but with, I went to a session that was moderated by 30 lines and uh, met, met up with, uh, I think it's Mike is his name afterwards and uh, the founder. And he said, Hey, that, um, you know, there's enough competition to go around. I'm not worried about, you know, us stepping on each other's toes, but we should talk and see if there's more, you know, more that we could do together. So it just makes your point read that people, it's not territorial and people are really wanting to help one another. Um, but yeah, Nicole, do you have anything uh, else that you'd want to add or cover? Well, I guess I can, further support that point. I did go to only one session. It was the future of AI. Um, and it was Aaron from Origin Investments. And he was on the panel. And he actually hit that pretty hard. He was basically talking about just collaboration and all boats rising and how we can learn from each other within the industry. And how at Origin, like what prop tech that they're using to kind of help set their properties apart. And so I think there are definitely key players in the space that do believe in this like collaborative you know, fostering this environment where the industry can can rise together. So it was just encouraging to hear that too. Well, um, I'll say, and this tees up a little bit, I guess, uh, our own su- summit, but one of the things that I observed, and I'll say kind of at a surface level, but still uh, seemed pretty apparent to me, that consumerization is, is having a real impact on um, these conferences. Where, as we were talking to the Origin Group after Aaron finished his session, and and um, God forgive me, uh, is it uh, Chris and, um, and Ken? And Ken, yeah. And you know they they seem to be honed in on some of the, uh, and I just caught a snippet of that, but some of the the new uh, providers, and I think it was like I want to say Smart Locks or something, um, and self guided tours. They were talking about that too 
where that just is a dominant thread now. It's like, what do we do? What do we need to do to compete? And then when they come to these events, that's who they're really focused on learning who, you know, from like what new technologies out there that could create a differentiator for, for our group. Um, and at the very least, not, not leave us behind. And the, the conversation I had with those guys was like, how do you know what research are you doing uh, to determine whether it's worth investing? Because a lot of these decisions are not small one-offs, right? And um, not all, but many of them do think more in terms of their enterprise or their portfolio. And so it's like, if we're going to you know, adopt smart technology or build that in, it's got to be there all the time. And so uh, funny, because they were like, you know, we're probably a little lighter than we'd like to be as far as what we're, um, the, the kind of research you know, we are getting access to or doing on our own to, to say whether we're too early um, or whether we're right where we need to be or whether we should wait another year or two. And self-guided was, uh, self-guided tours was where we really were spending more time. And that one is like, how, you know, is it going to be two or three more years? And we already have heard, obviously, from Georgiana and uh, um, from Pinwheel, from Jennifer, that yeah, they they are seeing a lot of momentum. So that probably tells somebody like Origin something where it's like if they're having those conversations where it's not this is the time. Um, but hopefully you guys follow me. I, I think that there's so much right now that's focused on the resonant experience. And so a lot of the newer players, I feel like, are more focused there. Uh, when you see like new companies at these conferences, it seems to almost always be tied to the resonant experience. And then that has obviously a very direct you know, uh, effect on on ownership, investors, and and how they're thinking about um, you know their properties and their developments. Absolutely, it's kind of awesome to see how much focus is on the resident. Um, like the session I went to, they talked a lot about the Aura score, the online reputation score, essentially, and how that how they were using that metric to basically tie up all of the consumerization that we're talking about. So amenities, smart locks, virtual tours. Um, and some of the data they had was that properties with higher Aura scores have a 70% higher application conversion rate than properties with lower, lower Aura scores. Um, so I thought that was an interesting metric to look look at because it really just ties everything together um, on how much basically like NOI uh, the property is getting. So another thing they brought up was properties with low, lower Aura scores um, they spend more on recruiting because they have a really hard time recruiting for maintenance people. Um, so maintenance workers don't want to work there because typically that means they don't take care of the building. There's low reputation scores. And so if you have a higher aura score, you're spending less to, to recruit, to recruit people. So it was just fascinating how they kind of like stuck on that metric. And yes, it's not perfect, but it's a step forward to figuring out how to kind of tie everything back together. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I didn't, that didn't click for me, Reed, about the consumer experience, but you're right. Like all the new startups are basically, at least what I see, it seems like the predominant amount of them are focused on these, uh, are focused on the sort of the front end experience versus like the back end. And I don't know if maybe that's because like with Yardi, RealPage, and Trotta, you've kind of just always had all of these back end systems where the money was coming from before. And now maybe people feel like it's too hard, whatever startup founders feel it's too hard or something to get involved. But uh, that's interesting. And then to your point, Nicole, there is a lot around, like I heard more at this conference around survey tools, like how are you doing your your customer surveys and you know what are you doing with that data than, than I'd ever heard before. 
kind of surprised me actually, because I know Lurch, our chief data officer, was always curious to do more on-site resident surveys. But I just was thinking to myself at the time, there's no one's got has a budget for that. No one, you know, they they just aren't, you know, focused there. They don't have a research budget. And I know Reed with um, with our early program, uh, Simul Search, where we would go out and and do focus groups. I I was like, I don't know how many people would pay for this. But after this conference, if this had been the first year we went, I would have been like, well, shoot, yeah, no, a lot of people are interested in in surveys and consumer feedback. So I don't know if that's a new trend or if it's just now hitting me like with the conversations I'm having. Well, I think uh, coming back to the origin guys, like there's so much um, obviously at stake, but uh, in in what you're investing in, what you're not, and what you look like within your competitive set. And so it it seems, I guess, sensible to me that, you know, surveys, I don't want to say are making a comeback because they've always been there, but that there is a higher focus there as folks are really wanting to get validation about the strategies that, that they're um, ultimately going to market with. I think what's really fascinating and is probably just kind of starting is that you're going to see more focus on usage statistics, uh, usage statistics, than um, on surveys. And that's part of what's happening with all the tech hitting is you'll actually get to see through analytics, you know, with smart technology, um, with like AI leasing agents, self-guided tours, all that stuff has now data that you don't have to survey on. And so you can just pull the data and say, hey, is this the right strategy for us? Are we making hay on, you know, what we did like with the smart homes or the smart locks? All that stuff, you know, is now cloud-based or the majority is. And even better is you now have folks that are trying to be data aggregators and like connect the dots and say, here, I can show you this whole ecosystem of your data. And a lot of this is, is going to be usage statistics on your resident that will help inform whether you want to continue to invest in, you know, A, B, and C, like amenity. Yeah, well, that's a great point. Like uh, one thing that hasn't we've seen with like web apps and our own website, you can watch the consumer journey and set up different event triggers. And theoretically, you could start to do that, too, if you built your entire consumer stack together. Right. Uh, like if you had one app that they rent the amenities from, if you have a smart lock that basically engages with that. Now, there's be a lot of like uh uh, privacy concerns and, and making sure that you are handling the data appropriately. But you're right. You could see how often someone uses that gym or or doesn't use the gym. And then you could start to use that in your renewal um, campaigns with them, right? Personalizing it back to them to say like, hey, yeah, no, I know we're raising rates by, by 50 bucks a month, but, you know, you go to the gym six days a week and that that's worth X membership dollars or something. I mean, you probably wouldn't get that nitpicky with people, but you could start to understand like how they're using the different amenities and and how they may be valuing those compared to other folks. Yeah, you can be right. more transparent about uh, why, yeah, why rents have raised. You know, I think that can be powerful um, to the extent, I guess, that residents would would want to would want to hear that stuff. Um, but before we we finish on NAA, you did have a lot of conversations. And I'm curious for Nicole too, but uh, we didn't frame it quite this way. But top two or three takeaways from from the event, obviously, you know, we covered some good ground in particular on like the collaboration element and the consumerization. But anything else that stood out for the two of you, like uh, either in conversations you had or just general observations, since you guys did have another day there. 
I, can I mean, start. one of the first thing that comes to oh. mind for me um, is just like, how can we as digital and as close as the partnerships that we do have with our clients, how can we get a better understanding of what like property technology is basically part of their portfolio stack or at each property. I feel like we should be marketing that. Um, so example is what smart lock provider are they using? Like just seeing some of these tools in person really helped me understand the user experience better to help me say, okay, this sets the property apart. We should build a campaign around this. We should promote this on social. And so as in-depth as we are with our kickoff calls, intake forms, there's just stuff that we don't know, which quickly led us to be like, how can we tour every property, which is not scalable. But seeing some of these um, providers actually at the conference in person, I think really helped um, me get a different perspective. So that was a huge takeaway from some of the meetings we had is like, this is great uh, material for us. We should be promoting this in ad copy. Um, And so I am definitely thinking differently about how we're promoting basically the customer experience for our properties. Yeah, in particular, Latch was the smart lock company. We went to their happy hour afterwards, and it just I could not believe how excited everybody was about about Latch. Like everybody at the happy hour was like, have you seen the hardware? It is just the slickest lock I've ever seen. And I was thinking to myself, like, I've never thought locks were ugly, but I guess it's obviously really important for people to have a more modernized looking lock as well as a user experience. So um I remember Nicole, you were like, I, you know, they're at a lot of our properties latch, but you weren't, you weren't aware of it. So that's, how do we start to uh, pull out these details? And Um, we kind of did like an on the spot brainstorm, like they're, sorry, just quickly finishing that thought, like the account rep for latch with shared clients were like, Hey, how can we make a TikTok campaign? How can we promote this? And so just that collaboration, the vendor to vendor partnerships, like really is going to help us overall see success for the property. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And uh, for me, one of my great takeaways was I just think we're better, the three of us at networking than we used to be. Like we used to just go to things, show up and like kind of hope we'd bump into people. We might email some people ahead of time, but it was always hard to organize. So I don't know if it's because like we've got a little bit more of a reputation now or what, but it, you know, I emailed a few different people and immediately they're like, yes, let's, let's meet up. Um, versus before we'd go there and kind of feel like, well, I'm not sure how we're going to fill the time. So I just, I guess for our own development, I feel like we've, we've grown a lot in that capacity. Um, and then for the sessions, I thought it was interesting, like the couple of sessions I went to and then that I, um, I asked some uh, clients about like what, what they had seen or what, what were they most impressed by? They, they were like, yeah, the sessions are fine, you know, but I could take it or leave them. So it just reinforced that they really, the clients are there to have conversations with, you know, other suppliers or, or to learn from that type of networking more than they're there because they want to attend the AI session or whatever. Like they'll go to it if they have some dead time, but really they're not, they're not there to like sort of audit these different like micro classes. They're there to, to really connect with other people. And so that, um, you know, that was beneficial for me. Yeah, and I think um, we have an opportunity actually on this podcast, and and not not this alone, but to help promote some of these companies, um, you know, like a a latch, because uh, they're probably not thinking as Nicole's pointing out, you know, how can we be better about uh, marketing these these kinds of new technologies or. Um, 
you know, amenities, whatever it may be. And I, I don't think they're thinking about marketing. Uh, and so classic opportunity of like, why don't we spend more time with those types of folks and help promote them? And obviously they can help promote us in the process. So I'd look forward to having like the, the founder or somebody uh, from Latch on the show and, and just hear more about their journey and all that stuff. And then also if they can provide any usage statistics right now, I feel like where we spent the most time is on the AI leasing agent, which, um, or it's, it's been very common thread and I'm still curious to know on that one, like how consumers are feeling about that, you know, and we, we've obviously talked to perk. We've talked to better bot. Um, you're seeing it with funnel yardy, like everybody's going down this path, but how, how are residents feeling about it? Um, because I, I'll speak more, I'll use my Verizon example, but nothing's more aggravating than trying to communicate with the chat bot <laughs> from Verizon. Like whether I'm purchasing something or whether I just have an issue, um, I actually still prefer to talk to somebody. But if you're only looking at the data on does this help, you know, improve our 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 lead conversions or the amount of leads, then um, it probably is a slam dunk. Uh, but there is the the other side of that. So, um, kind of a tangent there. But uh, you know, just well, that's what I'm about tangents. Reed, is there any <laughs> is there any bot or text message? whatever system that you would that you will use or, or that you will dive into or, or are you always like i just want to get somebody on the phone no i actually uh that, that's what's interesting i suppose but i i'm in the middle i prefer not to sit uh go through an ivr and and 10 minutes later finally have somebody on the phone and then only find out that they're actually not the right person to be talking to or don't have the information that i'd like so i'd prefer something uh yeah, more in the middle, which is give me a, a, a chat bot, but that is not, uh, I'll call it a dumb bot, you know, where it's like you can only answer six questions. And, you know, it's just super evident to me that that I'm not really getting somebody um, that can um, have a true conversation. And so that would be my ideal is that I don't have to go through, you know, 10 minutes of being put on hold or whatever or talking to somebody that I don't really want to talk to and just getting the answers from chatbot. But if I go, speaking of tangents, kind of off off the bat, uh, the beaten path, that uh, it's it's still possible to, like, communicate, you know, with, with these bots or, in this case, AI leasing agent. Yeah, yeah. Well, my last thing on NAA to bring us back, and if you guys have anything else, by all means, but um, I was thrilled at the lack of swag that was being handed out. Like, um, I just, I don't like carrying around all of the whatever. I don't even like refusing it because it, it feels like people try to like push swag on you because they don't want to take it home. And usually I have all these like bags of stuff that I don't really want. And at this thing, like we got one one piece of swag. At well, the this was the worst it. one. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the way to end a podcast right there. <laughs> I think the general sentiment where David uh, hates swag and is glad that yeah. uh, you know, people weren't allowed to hand it out. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well, do you guys have anything else to end with? Well, on that... Well, I just double down on that. I completely agree. Um, I'm sure a lot of property managers and other people that you know weren't there as in, in the forces they usually are uh, wouldn't agree with you because uh, it is their time to to get new hoodies and water bottles and whatever else. Um, but I'd like to see more creative 
uh, not swag because that that's going to sound like somebody's going to come out with some, you know, like, I don't know, mobile fan or uh, I don't even know what, what the example would be, but just thinking more outside of the box. Um, and that's me just teeing up what I hope we can pull off uh, for AIM. So I'll leave it. That's my cliffhanger. Love it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, All right. Uh, thanks you too. Appreciate the quick uh, download on NAA and uh, we'll, we'll see uh, after AIM and Optech, you know, how we feel about things. But right now I'm, even though I didn't want to travel, I feel like, shoot, now I'm ready to get back into travel. So, yeah, stay tuned, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.